Welcome back to another Mercado market update. These updates are designed to give you a quick short summary of the market moves for various agricultural products such as grains, wool, uh, sheep meat and beef. Uh, this week you've got Matt Doglish for the intro uh, as our um, esteemed colleague Andrew Watlaw is uh, having a great old time over in WA uh, on a couple of conferences. And um, so we'll be covering off uh, on wool and on livestock. Uh, first of all, we'll start with Rob Herman in the wool space, and then we'll cross over to Olivia Agar, which will um, give a summary on the uh, livestock movements. Thanks, Matt. I'm reminded today of the old Chinese proverb, may you live in interesting times, and I suspect it could be changed that if you want to live in interesting times, why not get involved in the wool market? This week was, uh, it was all over the place. It was up and down. One of the things that uh, influenced this week's market was that there was a special offering of Tassie wool. Now, while Tassie considers itself quite special, uh, one of the, the influencing factors of this offering was that there was a lot of spinners and, and high-yielding wools, and they certainly pumped the market up in Melbourne. So Melbourne had a, uh, an inflated price uh, because of the Tassie wool, and that weighed well on the market. The other thing that came through when we were talking about quality was that in the crossbred market, that was quite erratic. There were lines of um, poorly skirted and poorly prepared wools that really met little competition. However, the well skirted and well prepared wools were quite uh, a deal higher in price this week compared to last week. They were two shining lights. In the end, the eastern market indicator, which includes Sydney and Melbourne, was down eight cents. Because the Western market indicator didn't have the influence of Tassie and doesn't have much crossbred wool in it, it suffered quite severely. It was down 42 cents for the week. The other thing that was up was the pass-in rate. On average this year, growers have passed in about 16.2% of the wool that's offered. This week it was 22%. Uh, and the other one that went down for the week was the cardings. Now, just a bit of background to the market. We know all about the, uh, the coronavirus and, and all the talk about that. There's one other impact that uh, was brought to our attention by Chris Wilcox this week from the National Council of Wool, Brokers, Wool Selling Brokers. And he pointed out that in September, uh, after those tit-for-tat arguments between the US and China, there was an extra 15% put on to the imports of uh, woolen garments into the US from China. Now, the immediate impact of that, and remember that was put on in September, was that in, in October, those imports fell 34, uh, 44% and again another 34% in November. Now, the other countries filled that up a little bit, so it wasn't all doom and gloom, but the net result was that in volume for the September-November quarter, uh, volume of wool garments coming into the US were down 17% and the value of those garments was down 15%. So that's another negative that weighs on the market. Uh, it's interesting that we've been talking for some time, though, that Really, with these uh, volatile times and concerns that generally, you know, the old story is that when, uh, when the world economy sneezes, the wool market catches a cold. In fact, this time it's been very resilient. And the main reason for that has been the uh, management of supply to some degree. And this week we learnt from an AWI uh, uh, report that the stocks in China before the coronavirus were quite low. And now, of course, um, that's impacting on the market uh, while there's uncertainty about things and, and processes are cautious about building inventory. At the same time, they need something to keep their mills going. And the second part of it is, as I pointed out about the pass-in rate, growers uh, at the moment are quite prepared to 
pull their wool out of the market and not sell it uh, if there's a lack of demand. So interesting times. Thanks for listening. That's the Wool Report. Over to you, Olivia, and you can tell us about the sheep and the beef markets for this week. Thanks, Rob. The main story for sheep and cattle markets this week is that the market's reacting to the drought breaking. So we've got the really supply being tight and demand still remaining strong. And the rainfall has just had an incredible response in sheep and lamb markets. We had the Eastern States trade lamb indicator hit 905 cents per kilogram carcass weight, which is up 76 cents just this week. Um, but the really amazing figure is in those restocker lambs that have hit a new, new record. So in New South Wales this week, the average price for restocker lambs was at 1,023 cents per kilogram carcass weight. And this is the first time any indicator has uh, hit through that $10 mark, which shows just how strong that restocker demand is. It was also mutton that hit a new record this week. We had the East Coast indicator at 683 cents on Thursday when the last highs for that were back in July at around 620. So obviously we're well and truly past that mark now. It's so early in the season to see prices at these extreme levels. But seeing as the uh, lamb prices were above 900 cents for about three months uh, during winter. Maybe the export markets have got used to these high levels, and it would be would be really extraordinary to see restocker prices maintain above the $10 mark. But it has been 100 years since there were this few sheep in the country, and seeing as grass supply is booming, it might very well be the case that they retain that being that strong. Cattle markets have also responded really well to the rain. The Eki has gained another 6% this week. Uh, we're going to keep an eye on the restocker activity in the next few weeks and have something on Mikado to then focusing on that restocker activity. So while uh, domestic markets have been booming in response to the rain, um, there has been a bit of a question mark over export markets with the threat of coronavirus and how that might be disrupting the supply chain. So a few of the commentators out there have been querying the impact on the red meat sector and we had a look at that on Mikado this week, both in lamb and uh, beef export levels. Um, but it doesn't really seem to have had any impact on our January levels. Lamb exports were still up 8.5% on the January 2019 uh, record and still really strong flows going through to China there. Mutton market was the same. It was up 20% on January 19 levels. Uh, China levels did soften a bit, but we had a really strong month, actually the strongest ever month of mutton flows into the US. So that picked up some of the slack that was coming off of China. Uh, even beef exports, they had their highest month ever in January and Chinese demand was certainly stronger than ever. It was up 201% for January on the five-year average, which is just extraordinary. But there is some concern around the beef export markets. We looked at the 90CL levels, and which is our, our lean um, beef export that mainly goes into the US, and there was definitely a softening, and that's closed the gap between the, um, the ECI this week. So the US have been reporting that supply chain bottlenecks into China have been the cause of that softening in the 90CL um, in response to you know what's happening with the coronavirus. But it will be interesting to see if there's a really noticeable impact of, of coronavirus on the markets going forward. 
certainly if they don't get it under control, you know, within the next month or so, um, and it starts to impact on the the global and Chinese economy, there might really be an impact on our our red meat markets. And um, but who's to say African swine fever might have been the saving grace, and and you know that protein gap that's coming through there might be strong enough just to keep the traction in those markets, and we won't see much of an effect on red meat coming from Australia. That's just about it for livestock markets this week, so I'll pass you back over to Matt. Thanks for that, Olivia. A fantastic summary of the livestock movements this week and also appreciate Rob's uh, input on an incredibly riveting wool market that we've seen since the start of 2020. Um, so that's it for this week for the podcast. Uh, if you've enjoyed the podcast, make sure to like it and share it with your friends. Uh, hey, why not share it with your enemies as well? We don't care. Um, have a good week and we'll be with you next week uh, for some more livestock market talk. Cheers.